Welcome to Unplanned and Untold, a podcast that dives into the real-life, unexpected twists of facing an unplanned pregnancy in college. Join us as we listen to the unplanned and untold stories of those who have overcome the odds in order to achieve their goals. Welcome back to another episode of Unplanned and Untold. I'm your host, Caitlin Willing, and today we have an amazing guest with us. We have state representative from South Carolina, uh, Melissa Oremus. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast where everyone spills the beans about their unplanned pregnancy story. I think, you know, listeners know by now what they're going to expect as far as our stories go. And with you, you had an unplanned pregnancy pretty early on in life. Is that right? Yes, I was 16 years old. 16. So take me back to the high school days. What was life like right before you got pregnant? Well, I was your typical teenager, just hanging out with friends, um, doing pretty well in school, pretty much the top of my class. I was um, kind of a know-it-all, and um, which I'm okay with that. I was like part of a lot of clubs. I was in the band, academic teams, things like that, um, cheerleaded for a little while as well. So, I mean, typical high school girl and mm-hmm. um, started going out and hanging out a little too much after hours and you know, ended up getting pregnant, but I didn't know for a couple months that I was actually pregnant. I just okay. had been sick and, um, I went to a friend's house after school. Cause she kept telling me, she said, Melissa, you're pregnant. You're throwing up, you're throwing oh up all gosh. the time. And she said, I happen to have, um, a pregnancy test. My mom has one under the bathroom oh. sink. Do you want to take it? And I was like, sure, let's see what happens. Oh my word. So I went to the bathroom, of course, did that. And I came out and I just fell to pieces and I was just in shock. Didn't know what to say. Didn't know what to do. I kept it to myself for, you know, a couple more weeks before I said anything. Wow. And who was the first person that you ended up telling? Actually, it's part of my family. Of course, my friend that was with me after school knew about it and, you know, trying to tell a teenage girl not to tell anybody else is... (laughs) So quickly, all of my friend group um, knew what was going on and they kept saying, what are you going to do? Are you going to tell your family? And I had actually went to tell the the baby's dad um, the night that I ended up telling um, my mom. Okay. And, um, but I was crying and upset and I was in a car accident that night. And so I landed on the side of an embankment and I crawled out the side of the window of my car and walked to a random person's house and if I, and called my mom and she's like, where were you? You weren't even supposed to be where you were supposed to be. And you're supposed to be out to dinner with friends. And I totally not told the truth. And so she come to pick me up and I'm sitting there crying on the side of the road and I was you know, throwing up and sick. And she said, why do you keep throwing up? And I, and I told her right then I said, well, I'm wow. And so <gasps> it hit the fan pretty quickly after that. And, um, you know, after that, I went to the doctor and all those normal things that you do. So in that moment, what was your mother's reaction? I mean, I'm sure she was shaken up by the fact that you were in a car accident. Like that's got to shake her to the core as a mom. I can only imagine. And then on top of that, you know, honestly, kind of great timing with that news, because I feel like if I was glad I'm alive, right. 
right. She knew you were alive. And I'm like, wow, if I could think of the best time, it probably would have been then. Right. What was her, like, what did she, how did she react? Well, at first she was just like, oh man, I'm glad you're okay. And then she was concerned about the car. And oh, like, the damage I done to the car. And I think she was in shock. And then finally on the way home, it was just a, it was kind of a quiet ride home. And she just kept saying to me, what are you going to do about this? What right. are you going to do about this? And, right. um, and I was like, well, it's not the time to really talk. And, yeah. and I had told my sister like the week earlier and she promised that, you know, the family would be supportive and help me through it. My sister was older okay. and, you know, and so I, I had prepared myself for this conversation, but I didn't know it was going to come out so quickly and so abruptly. <laughs> and, you know, I wanted to break it a little more gently, but I think yeah. it, it worked out. She's like, like yeah. I said, she's glad I'm alive and she's thankful for exactly. me. So now she, she won't kill me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Near death experience. And now we yeah. don't have to worry about mom. <laughs> exactly. So walk me through how finishing high school was for you then was, was it embarrassing? Did you go to school with a pregnant belly? What was that like? Yeah, I was fortunate enough that um, I was my expected due date uh, was not until the the summertime. Okay. So most of my pregnant time, I you know you couldn't really tell that I was pregnant. Um, so going into the summer months, I like I said, I, you could just thought I may have gained a little bit of weight, but you couldn't really tell. Okay. But the people who did know, of course, it spreads like wildfire in school, and you know, and I had girls bullying me. I mean, because oh I was very secretive about it. I didn't really tell my, spill the beans on, you know, who the child's father was and mm -hmm. things like that. So I had a girl, I remember push me against the locker one day and say, I heard my baby daddy or my boyfriend is your baby daddy and this kind of thing. And it wasn't the truth. And, you know, just got violent with me. And then I had someone else, I was walking past a a school bus walking to my car one day and somebody said, I heard she, you know, got knocked up by so-and-so. And I got on that bus and I guess it was the hormones raging. And I said a few choice words to that girl. <laughs> and, and I, and it, you know, I was just angry. I was angry yeah. at myself because I was worried about my future and, right. and everything else. But, but I was, like I said, I was at the top of my class. I had planned to go to college. I had done all the things. I mean, I grew up pretty poor. And so I knew my only way to escape my life was to do better for myself. So I always had that in the back of my mind academically. I had to excel um, to change my life. So, I mean, I, I just did the the status quo and just kept, you know, kept up with my studies. And she actually was born the first day of school, my junior year, wow. um, or the weekend before my, I was supposed to start school. So I was out of school for like, four weeks on homebound okay. and then came back quickly. But one of the things that was most alarming to me is that when I told my guidance counselor at school that I was actually pregnant, she said, well, go ahead and clean up, clean out your locker before you come back. And, you know, we'll send all your stuff. Like wow. I was not coming back. She was she just already, assumed. she just assumed because other wow. girls don't that. And I'm like, I'm coming back. You know, right. what, are you, what are you saying? I'm finishing school. I'm, yes. I'm doing this thing. And so, you know, for any young girl in that position, you want to be encouraged and to do your best. And as a guidance counselor, I mean, that has always stuck with me, her words to me and, yes. um, and probably made me work a little bit even harder to, you 100%. know, to prove her wrong. And I don't think that was her goal, but right. I think she had just seen so many other girls in my position where they just gave up Absolutely. and said, this is, this is the end of my life. And right. Yeah. 
sometimes it's those statements that fly out of people's mouths that end up fueling us to even reach farther than what we imagined. And I had the same experience, even in college, you know, people thought I was done. People didn't want me to represent, you know, an on-campus club because it was shameful what I was going through. And it is wild to see the stigma that surrounds unplanned pregnancies. It still exists to this day. Oh, very much so. Um, they just assume there's something wrong in your life or you did something wrong or you're right. a bad person. And how did you, how did you mess that up? And, yes. and, you know, and a lot of people, you just don't know they did it. They took care of it or they, you know, exactly. you just don't know all the circumstances that go into it. But exactly. yeah, it's, I mean, fortunately as women, we're able to bear children and that's yes. the consequence of sex. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we know on college campuses and even in high school, People are going to continue to have sex. That is something that is just not going to stop. And so the resources have to keep up with Correct. what's going on. We need to address, you know, there is a population here that is underserved and forgotten and they're not going anywhere. It is going to continue to happen. And so it's time that we stand up and embrace this population and let them know they can succeed. So with hopes of going to college, what did that look like? Did you have an almost two-year-old at the time? I did. And struggling to figure out which college I wanted to go to. I mean, I had full rides to go at certain places or had scholarships to go all over the place. And, and I knew I looked into it and there was no housing for girls with children that were not married for like certain Christian colleges or things like that. I couldn't live on campus and being in the financial position I was in, I could not afford you know, the high tuition and housing as well. So mm -hmm. I knew I had to figure something out. So that's when, you know, I hunkered down and worked two and three jobs and lived in a, a small single wide trailer down the road from school wow. in a pretty scary trailer park at the time. But I, <laughs> I made friends with my neighbors. So they knew I, who I was and right. <laughs> tried to stay safe as I could. And, um, and just did it. And, and it was my day to day and my professors, um, they knew that if daycare was closed, I wasn't going to be at school. So, I mean, I was so fortunate enough to, to have my professor say, hey, Melissa, just bring her to class with you. Bring her right. crayons oh, or puzzles, whatever so she needs awesome. to keep her occupied. And, yeah. and she be quickly became like a mascot <laughs> for people at school. That. Like, oh, Brooke's here. Oh, she's here today. And oh they, you know, they would call her up to write on the board and do different things. And, wow. I, you know, I can't say that's going to be every right person with a child's um scenario right. but you know fortunate I was fortunate enough for that to be the case for me and oh. and I joined a local sorority and those girls became like my family as well my sisters and you know extra babysitters if I had to work late and you wow. know became my extended family so when they say it takes a village that is that is a very true statement absolutely and we've interviewed many women who have not had that kind of support on college campuses and that's, that's the hard part because it kind of all depends on the professor and mm -hmm. their willingness to accommodate your special requests or needs. And I remember going to my math final and not having childcare for my son and wheeling him on in, in his little, you know, stroller and leaving him with my professor as I went inside to take my exam. And I just, I couldn't tell you how much that impacted me. And it sounds like, you know, these professors have impacted you greatly for accommodating you. Yeah, very much so. And, and just knowing that they cared enough about my future and knowing that was the best place for me to be 
<clears throat> and not giving up and saying, you can do this. You can, you know, there's a lot of, you know, people that go back to school later in life that have families. And, right. you know, I just, I had to find my support system. And I think that's where a lot of girls are scared to ask for help, yes. but you'll be amazed to see when you just ask mm -hmm. how many people are willing to, to be a part of your team. And, and I have a young girl that's in my life now that she was an employee of, of mine. And she um, doesn't have the child's father in her life. And right. she's, you know, trying to get a job, find child care. And so it just reminds me so much of me. And, yes. and I've told her, don't be scared to ask. Don't yes. be scared to ask. If, and, and if you need a mommy moment, just to break down and cry and find yourself, right. you know, call me. Because yes. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. It's so true. It can be very isolating because this is a walk of life that you, it's hard for people to relate to unless you've really walked it. And I've said this a million times. I feel automatically connected with a lot of the women that are on the podcast because we share something that helped shape us into who we are. Um, you know, these women have overcome such a tremendous obstacle, a lot of them with no support and it's built our personalities. It's built this grit and determination that has transpired into adulthood with us. And with you as well. I mean, once you graduated, what were the plans after that? Because you've made a, an amazing career for yourself. I, I had all kind of big dreams and goals. I, I wanted to be in advertising. That was my, my main goal. And I just, I'm going to move to a big city. I'm going to help write commercials. And, you know, I've always been witty and funny and I like a Geico commercial was right up my, <laughs> <laughs> right up my alley, but you know, God has different plans for every yeah. person. And I happened to my senior year in college, I had kind of sworn off dating and, I, you know, had my life together. I had figured it all out. And then I happened to meet my husband now okay. at the time. Um, I was in DC and I met him and, you know, so as soon as I graduated, I moved to Chicago. What, okay. what better place for advertising right? than Chicago? <laughs> and, um, quickly I got slapped in the face, like little girl, you have not paid your dues. Who do you think you are? So working job to job and, you know, had been in banking all through, um, college, my college days and years. So that was kind of a great fallback, you know, and I just, was managing banks, but I knew it wasn't my passion and, right. and what I wanted to do. And unfortunately, my passion has changed many times. <laughs> Hence, I'm now in the political arena, which I never saw coming. Right. But I think um, we're some people are called to serve in different capacities, That's and you right. feel that calling on your heart, and you know that you're not in the place where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And so I've done many different things. I've been a business owner. I've uh, like I said, did banking. Um, I currently own several small businesses, but when the opportunity came to serve in the state house, um, <clears throat> I had run for another political office, um, some years prior didn't work out. It wasn't my time or my plan. And then this opportunity came up and, and I knew what I wanted to represent. And I knew the, the people in my community, what they needed. And i ran a grassroots campaign and ended up, wow. you know, winning the, winning that. So now I'm a voice, not just for, you know, my community, but hopefully I'm a mentor and a voice for young girls that went through the same thing to let mm. them know that your dream does not have to stop the moment mm. you find out that, you know, you're pregnant. And, um, so you, you know, it, it can go forward. It can be successful and it's how hard you're willing to work. And, um, you know, a lot of people say, well, you were fortunate you had this, this, and this, but I made that scenario happen. Right. I, I had the drive and the, the go saying, okay, I have a person that I'm responsible for now. Right. I can't give up. 
She's watching me. She's emulating me. She's, you know, she's eating because of me, all these things. And so, you know, I knew quickly that I had to, to fight harder for her. Absolutely. Does your daughter have any memories of you still in college or, you know, we work in those late nights? I think so. She mm-hmm. tells me all the time. She remembers like this, this, and this, and, and she's proud, which that always makes a mom happy, yeah. you know, cause she's gone on through college. She's already graduated college. She's 28 now. She's living on her own in New York, which wow. I hate that, but <laughs> she's in the city. And, um, but she, she tells me all the time. She's like, mom, I'm, I'm thankful that you did A, B, C, and D to get mm-hmm. here. And <clears throat> she's like my little best friend, you know, oh she God. gets it while her upbringing was very different sure. than, than mine. And, you know, she, she doesn't really remember. She just knows that I provided for her. Right. And so the struggle, the nights where I cried and, and, you know, was up till two, three in the morning, writing a paper or doing with that. She doesn't remember that. She doesn't right. remember that struggle. She just knew she had, you know, a bed and food and a mom that loved her and picked right. her up whenever she could. So, oh my God. and so that's, that's what I'm thankful for is, you know, you're always worried about not being there enough for your children and the sacrifices you have to make. And, and I, and I so get it for the, for the moms and dads out there who are struggling and and they, you know, barely see their children right now or, or whatever their sacrifice is. It's, you know, you got to let them know there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. And you'll eventually get there and they're not going to hate you (laughs) for working hard. (laughs) Not at all. Uh, looking back at your unplanned pregnancy experience and all the hurdles that you had to overcome and the hard work you put in, do you feel like that time in your life shaped you into who you are today? Oh, most definitely. Um, like I said, it's, it's the drive, it's the work ethic. It's the never giving up. If I, if I want something, I know I have to make it happen. Even if the obstacle or the goal is like, sounds too far away or like, Oh, that probably won't be, you know, my plan. You know, I am a pretty spiritual person. I am a a prayer warrior when it comes to things, but I, I always want to make sure it's best for me, best for my family. And uh, if I want it bad enough, I'm going for it. So it, it has shaped me. So, and I don't take um, to the words, no, very, very well. And maybe that's not a good thing. <laughs> it makes me work harder. I, I feel that that's a common thread among the women that I have interviewed is <laughs> we are very strong willed. And this was just an obstacle that we knew we could overcome. And in that moment of finding out you're in an unplanned pregnancy, sometimes it's hard to see exactly how this is going to pan out, but man, I haven't interviewed a woman yet. That was like, man, I totally regret going on this journey. You know, there, there are always all these lessons that they've learned and, um, ways that they feel like they can impact the community even further. Like you're saying, because you've experienced what other hardships women have experienced as well. Right. Everybody wants to hear how you got from point A to B. They don't want to just hear your overnight success right. or you, you you woke up with a silver spoon in your mouth. Right. They want to know what it took to get there. That's the right. story. That's what the character is. That's what, you know, when I go to and speak at different things, people, you know, not so much about my politics. They want to hear how I got to that point as yes. a woman yes. in that field. And I think that's something I'm learning really quickly because I've never been a you know, uh, a feminist or anything like that. Like, you know, I've never thought about a glass ceiling. I've never thought about those things until I'm actually living in that world now where people are just shocked that a woman is doing the things that I am doing. And I'm like, how impactful is that? And, and so I see girls now and I, and I tell them how I've, 
you know, came to be and they're, you know, they're blown away by that because they're not seeing it. And there's like a, a great quote I heard, like, look where you are five years from now, or look back where you were five years now, you could never see the person that you are now. And, and I think about that all the time, just five years ago for me, you know, before the, my political life or right. you know, just before that. And so it's, it's, that option is there for, for everyone. Right. And um, so, like I said, it's, it's about the journey and that's who, that's what shapes us into who we are and makes us good people, I think. Absolutely. And imagining a world where almost every college campus has a baby steps. How do you think a baby steps on your campus would have impacted you? Oh my gosh, just the community support mm-hmm. um, right there. Just knowing there's other moms going through that um, while I was in college. I mean, I knew a couple other moms, but they were older. They, right. you know, most of them were married, had families. There wasn't a lot of girls like me yeah. and still trying to have a social life and still be a part of, you know, campus life and, you know, wanting to to be a normal college kid that just happened to have a, a two-year-old falling behind exactly. her. And to be able to say your main goal is to go to school and get your life together. Oh my gosh, what an advantage that would be. And so when I heard about it, I was, I was sold from the moment because it took me back to those nights where I just cried and cried. Like, how am I going to get through this? There's no support. There's no help. There's, (laughs) there's nothing. It's just me. And, you know, and to me, that would be a, just a godsend and it would allow other girls to know that, yeah, my dreams aren't over just because I, you know, I'm pregnant now and I, you know, and I've decided to keep my child. So I think that's, um, it's a win. It's a win for, for everyone. And, and it's, it's empowering. It it truly is to say, Hey, your life matters and you, you can do it now. And so anyway, absolutely. (laughs) I'm just giddy. I could talk about it all day. I love it. I love it so much because it really is history changing in the making. I mean, to be completely honest, we really are trying to change the way that communities, societies, you know, colleges in a whole look and respond to unplanned pregnancies and no woman should really have to go through this by herself. The support system is there. We we're going to get baby steps across the nation that before I die, I would love to see it, you know, kind of like YMCA. Everyone knows about YMCA, (laughs) YMCA in every town. That's, that's the hope and the dream for baby steps. And our team is working tirelessly to see that, you know, happen across the nation. And I get excited because it's the time for females to step up and voice what we've gone through and say, no more be the voice. Kind of, like you said, you have the opportunity to be the voice for women who don't feel like they have one. Um, And so many of the voices have been silenced for so long. And sometimes that stigma sticks around. I'm, I'm so impressed that with the platform that you have, you still talk about the hardships and you talk about what happened having an unplanned pregnancy. Whereas sometimes it's tempting to pretend like it never happened, you know, and you get married and you can just move on and pretend this is how our life was always. Nobody really knows. Right. Um, but how honorable for you to really go back and share your entire experience. I think too, like <clears throat> when I talk about my family and, and I tell the age difference and I say, I have a 28 year old, a lot of people, they, 
they're like, oh, stepdaughter. I'm like, no, my daughter. Mm -hmm. And, and so the wheels start turning immediately, but I've never been ashamed to say that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, for some, maybe they are, they are like, I don't want to talk about that part of my past because it was painful. But Mm -hmm. like we talked about before, it's, it's who shaped me. That's what shaped me. And so, yeah, not ashamed about it at all, but I'm, I'm proud of, of that being a, a battle wound or a scar on my body to, to talk about later to say, Hey, this is, this is how I overcame. And, and, you know, absolutely. Can do it. It's like that quote, what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. And I truly believe in that. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, so my last question for you would be if you could, you know, talk to somebody who's had an unplanned pregnancy, they just found out they're pregnant they're scared. What advice would you give them at this point? Well, first stay calm (laughs) (laughs) and, um, find somebody that you confide in, or, you know, you just need to talk to about because you need to have somebody in your corner, no matter what decision thought process you're going through, because this is such a scary time. You know, everybody in my life is just saying, you know, just get rid of it. You know, you don't, you don't need to do this. Your life Mm -hmm. will keep going on. And, and that was a, you know, that was a struggle for me. And, you know, I just didn't feel that was the right decision for me. And, and so going forward, you know, I had to just stand up for myself then, you know, you have to stand up for what you want and not worry about what everybody in society tells you, you have to, you have to stand firm on what's going to make you happy at the end of the day. And, and that, you know, that conflict inside and, and just stay the course and know there is a path out there. There's a path forward, but don't just, you know, get in line with negative people just want to tell you your life is over or that guidance counselor that told me to clean out my locker that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much done. Here's your options for jobs. You know, I, you know, don't listen to the negative voices, listen to the positive that tells you there's a path forward. And if I could ever be that and, and mentor any girl going through it, I, I love to hear that. I know we got different programs that, that are out there that, you know, young teenage, um, mothers and what are they going to do and how are they going to see a path forward? And, and I, and I pray that I'm that voice for them. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time and your heart with all of us and our listeners really appreciate you. And we hope to work with you, you know, in the future, (laughs) we've got some things, you know, under wraps and under work right now, we won't share too many details about that, but some really exciting things, hopefully coming down the pipeline for baby steps. Awesome. Um, So thank you so much. And to all of our listeners, we'd love to have you back next week for another episode of unplanned and untold. Bye-bye. Do you want to be a part of an organization that is the first of its kind to empower student moms? Your support can impact generations to come. Consider making a financial contribution at babysteps.org.